0: Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. And today we talk a little bit of Cavs news, a couple of possible free agent targets, and the likelihood of the Cavs entering the playoffs. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dig right in. Fresh off the news, Dylan Windler will not play for the Cavs at the Summer League. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, Because Dylan Wendler did not play his entire rookie season due to injury. He missed about half the season due to knee surgery last year. And now that he won't be playing in the summer league, quote unquote, exhibition games, the tournament, whatever you however you think that is. It's just not a good look for Wendler for a guy who was really going to be depicted as a fringe roster guy this uh this upcoming season I just don't know how Dylan Wheeler continues his NBA career uh, especially with the Cleveland Cavaliers yeah I know that sounds kind of harsh but you just have to look at it in the grand scheme of things his injury history has begun to pile up and he was brought in to be you know a, a three-point marksman out of Belmont he really really looked the part And, you know, he had a heavy workload there, but at the same time, you would think that coming to the NBA, having a clear, defined role, you know, off the bench, it could have worked. But I just, I don't see any way around the Cavaliers, you know, not cutting this guy. I just, I think it's going to happen. He's either going to end up getting uh, traded or, or cut. You know, prior to the season, if you ask me, but I just don't see him returning to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Next, you know, the biggest news of this past weekend, obviously, was the drafting of Evan Mobley and the acquisition of one Ricky Rubio, which is a really big deal for the Cavs. He instantly becomes the Cavs' best playmaker. I mean, this this guy's vision is off the charts. He, you know, uh, last season. points, 3.3 rebounds, 6.4 assists. Now, the big thing about Rubio that people are going to have to understand is that this guy is not a scorer. 38.8% from the field last season, and even more dreadful, 30.8% from three-point range. That is not very good. That is not what the Cavs need in regards to three-point shooting, but in regards to playmaking, it's going to do dividends, it's going to pay dividends for the younger guards like Colin Sexton and especially Darius Garland, who a lot of people consider to have the most potential uh, of all current calves outside of Evan Mobley. Now, Rubio has played 10 seasons in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken, and he played three of those with Kevin Love. Um, you know, we, we really don't know what's going to happen with Love at this point, whether or not he's going to be a buyout candidate, whether or not he'll be able to reinstitute his trade value uh, coming off the bench, which to me, that's the best role for him. If he is really, truly serious about buying into you know, taking a lesser role with Cleveland or somewhere else. I really could see it happening. I think he could still be somewhat productive against the NBA's uh, second units, you know, guys who are not really starters and he could possibly take advantage of with his size and rebounding ability. I just don't think, though, that Love has too much left in the tank. Um, You know, he could be, you know doing something similar to Blake Griffin, you know, kind of saving it for someplace else. I could definitely see that being the case, but at the same time, love is getting up there in age and his game, you know, while his game is aged kind of, uh, it should age gracefully because he doesn't, he's not really a, uh, you know, an athletic type of guy. It just hasn't because of the injuries. And then they have really sapped him of any, (laughs) any, uh, monogram of athleticism that he's ever had. Now, for me, where Rubio will help the most is in that Matthew Del role off the bench. You know, he's going to be presumably the third guard off the bench and still could probably play heavy minutes. I could see him playing anywhere between 22 to 26 minutes a game. I could definitely see that. Still a really good defender. He's not going to give you too much in the scoring department, which will you know, we'll talk about the Cavs' options a little bit more in depth and a little bit, but for what it's worth, Rubio does solve one of the Cavs' biggest issues, and that is the lack of a true secondary playmaker. If you call Colin Sexton a point guard, which I do not qualify him as such, then uh, you're not going to be satisfied with what he's giving you. Darius Garland is the team's point guard, but Colin Sexton is an underrated playmaker himself he's just not where many would want him to be at I think he will continue upon his development trends and he's you know he's trended upwards each and every season he's been in the league we already know that this kid can score we know that he has worked very very hard to get where he is and I think that if the Cavs can start winning some games the respect will come along with it now Rubio could have a great impact in that regard you know we have already got one building block out of the way in uh, in the Cavs offseason with the drafting of Evan Mobley, but Rubio will definitely impact the game in a positive manner for this team, assuming he stays put. I, you know, I don't think they're going to move him anywhere. I, I definitely think if you're going to get off the contract of torn Prince, then you're going to have to include this guy in the rotation because Prince was a contributor in his own right on the wing and speaking of wings that's where we get into with the Cavs biggest need at this point now there are some options out there the Cavs only have the mid-level exception which is around nine and a half million dollars I believe at this point in time so there are a few guys you could look at with that amount but they're not going to be able to break the bank this team just does not have the cap space to do it with the Kevin Love contract still on the books a Jared Allen extension coming uh possibly really hopefully Colin Sexton looking at an extension, you know, before hitting restricted free agency and planning ahead for guys like Darius Garland and Isaac Okoro. There is just so much in regards to cap space that this team has to plan for. Now, in regards to the wings, the options out there, we've all seen them. Dougie McBuckets, Mr. Doug McDermott, who had a career season this this past year with 13.6 points, 3.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists. And the real kicker here, folks, is the three-point shooting, 38.8% from three-point range. And he's a career, believe it or not, 40.7% shooter from out there. So this guy, Doug McBuckets, he has played for the Chicago Bulls, the Oklahoma City Thunder, The New York Knicks, the Dallas Mavericks, and most recently, the Indiana Pacers. Now, could he end up in the wine and gold? I don't know. I think you're going to have to pay because shooters really get paid in this league. You know, these are the types of guys who are running the NBA in regards to the uh, the cap space now. Now, I am of the belief that if you're going to go with a prototypical player to start your franchise, you are going with the uh, prototype of wing. You know, guards have had their days. Centers have had their days. To me, wings. This is the age of the wings. If you're looking for a guy that can do it all, a hybrid type player, you're going to look at a wing somewhere in, in between the six foot four to six foot eight range. That's what I am thinking. That is what I would start my franchise with. Now, Doug... You know, he does a lot of things well. He's not exactly a, uh, an excellent defender, but for what he does and for what the Cavs need, he would be an equ- excellent uh, acquisition for this team. They need shooting in the worst way. That cannot be understated. I don't know what else to say in regards to that, but what I will say is this. If they can find a way to get Doug McDermott to sign with the Cavaliers, then Kobe Oban needs to be praised. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of you know questionable decisions, but I'm a I'm still a big believer in Kobe. I think he's really done the best with the hand that he's been dealt. You know, I know there have been some uh, some deals that many Cavs fans have questioned. You know, bringing in Andre Drummond, which to me, you know, he took a flyer on, so that's not anything big. The whole Kevin Porter Jr. debacle, that is debatable. You know, we we really don't it it has yet to be seen what kind of player Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be, but he looks like he has a lot of potential. Now, the potential was never really the issue with him. It was really more so the off the court issues, but that's neither here nor there. If the team is able to bring in Doug McDermott, it would be a win. Another guy that the Cavs could presumably take a look at is a potential reunion with one Allen Burks. Now, Burks, you know, he'd coming off a season with the New York Knicks, in which he averaged 12.7 points, 4.6 rebounds, 2.2 assists. You know, field goal percentage isn't quite great at 42%. But again, what you're really looking at here is his rate from beyond the arc. And for him, 41.5%, that's even better than Doug McBucket's. That is, you know, exactly what Cleveland could, could hope to get. You know, Burks, he played with the Cavs, I, I want to say, for like 30 some games, I think 34 games back during the dreaded 2018-2019 season, which the, the roster was just being constantly shuffled. There were just so many players who went in and out the doors for this team uh, during that year, and Burks was one of them but the the funny thing about guys like this is that you know they they may bounce around the league a bit, but once they find a home once they find a fit that matches exactly what they what they do and what they're best at, then they flourish and then they end up getting paid now Burks may not be any different. I believe that the uh the Knicks would love to have him back if they could get him, and that could potentially be the disconnect for the Cavaliers here. Again, the mid-level exception that the team is working with is valued at $9.5 million or so, and it is going to cost to get Burks to come back or to even really consider coming back through these doors. You'd have to think that the guy is going to want to play for a contender or stay in New York. I I really, to be honest with you, I cannot imagine that Burks would want to come back to Cleveland. But, you know, I'm not going to say that it, it is not possible. Money has a lot to do with it. Role has a lot to do with it. And I think the Cavaliers could offer Burks a good role. Maybe not as much as what he's getting with New York. And that's why you're always going to be questioning whether or not he's actually going to seriously consider signing with Cleveland. But I think Kobe Almond can make it work. Now there are other guys here that we could possibly take a look at and you know we got Reggie Bullock, you know, six foot six, thirty-nine point two percent from the the uh, three-point range, and he also plays for the Knicks, but the, uh, the the kicker, again, is that the Knicks hold his early bird right, so they could presumably resign him, and it would definitely be out of the Cavs' range. Bullet could definitely get paid, you know. I don't know if he's a realistic option for the Cavs at this point, but he's worth kicking the tires on if he can. You got guys out there who you know have potential but are more so injury prone, like uh, Denzel Valentine, who's still only twenty seven years old, definitely would be a great option for the Cavs. He's he's got the size, he can shoot, but his injury history is always going to be a concern. Could he be an option with that mid level, maybe partial amounts of that mid level? Well, I could definitely see it happening. Uh, a guy like Kent Bazemore, you know, thirty two years old, so he would fit the veteran leadership role did uh, that, that I've been uh asking the Cavs to fill he is a career 35.6 shooter from out deep and really believe it or not this guy hit 40.8 percent of his three-pointed tips with Golden State this season I don't know if that's just like a blip maybe just a an outlier type of season for him but I'm going to lean towards the latter I think that uh with the former rather I think that he is a good shooter and I think the Cavs could use a player like Baysmore who's actually pretty good on defense as well. You know, you remember back in his Atlanta Hawks days. You remember some of the battles he had with Cleveland. But I, uh, I definitely would not mind seeing Baysmore in the Wine and Gold. To me, the, uh, the the next option that the Cavs really should be trying to to go for here is maybe a bit unexpected maybe somebody that not a lot of people are thinking about and that is one Furkan Korkmaz uh, of the Philadelphia 76ers this guy's still just 24 years old you know 6 foot 7 he's about you know i want to say jetty's height you know and speaking of jetty th- these these two appear to be really good friends furkan is a 40.2% shooter from range and i think he could honestly be an option i don't know if they could get him at the mid level and, and, and that's really the question with all these guys, to be honest with you. And this th- this team is just so cap-strapped that it just it makes a lot of valid options seem like they're just impossible to pull off. But I'm a believer, I think somebody's going to sign here. Somebody's going to do it. Whether or not they sign a one-year deal to try and, you know, Reinstitute their value and cash in next season I'll be fine with that just give me a wing right now in this moment that could fill the void of three-point shooting that is missing that could potentially get this team into the playoffs and I would be perfectly fine if they're only with the team for one year you can possibly get off the love contract next season there's a couple of other things that the Cavs could do to clear some of the books but for right now we need the three-point shooting aspect. That's what this team is missing. There are some, te- there, there are some teams out there that you know, the, the Cavs could be on par with if they were able to get some wing that could fill that void. I definitely, as on my last episode, I, I definitely feel like a, a jump like the Atlanta Hawks or the New York Knicks of this past season is possible if things shake out the right way in the right free agents are signed, you know, all of them hopefully vets because we don't need any more young guys on this roster. You know, Zach Weiss of the Across the Cavs podcast pointed out that, you know, this this team is just so young, you know, <laughs> and his recent tweet about, you know, being older than the entire starting lineup is just, it's insane. The oldest one presumably at 23 years old. It just, you know, it's crazy to think that. And for people not to understand these types of things, these rebuilds, you know, developing talent doesn't take time. It's just, it's, in, it's asinine, you know. We're just, we're living in the age of people wanting things and they're wanting them right now and not being able to have patience. Now, Cleveland fans, I implore you this, you know, we have got the talent and we may not be a contender this season but what is you know what what is success to you what would a successful season mean to you what would the cavs have to do this next season this upcoming season in order for you to consider it a successful season the play in game the actual playoffs you know not just not just the play in games the playoffs you know um development of the players, having a player named to the all-star team or an all-defensive team like Isaac Okoro, you know, who I I really am high on. I'm sure you all know by now. What is success to you? I would love to know that. You know, as always, you can hit me up uh, at cavalier underscore pot on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. But I just would really like to know why people are not considering this team as a potential breakout team next year. You know, we're still getting clowned. And I think Evan Mobley is going to – the addition of Evan Mobley, Ricky Rubio, and hopefully one of these wings that are available to Cavs will be able to bring in. Hopefully that changes, you know, the the thought process here. Hopefully guys like Colin Sexton start to get some respect. You know, hopefully my man gets paid here. You know, I, I don't know if – Many people believe that he's worth the uh, rookie max extension. I think it's valued at like 165 million. Don't quote me on that, but I will give it to him because you have to understand that part of what you're paying these players for that are so young is, you know, not just for what they have shown you, but the possibility, the potential of what they could turn into down the line. That is part of the rookie max extension. I I hope you all understand that. That's the truth. It, it it is just to me not really good strategy to say hey this guy hasn't done xyz yet but you know he he's never going to be able to do so and i don't believe that i think colin has already shown you that he has the scoring chops we've seen the playmaking go up a bit you know we the defense could be a bit, bit better but i think he'll get there for him though to not already have an extension does, it, it, it's telling. It, it does tell you a lot, but I don't think that the Cavs won't get it done. I, I really think that this team is heading in the right direction. If you're going to let Colin possibly play it out until he hits restricted free agency, that's an option. You know, I am not against that, but again, when you do something like that, you risk upsetting your player. And for Colin, who is a, nothing but a hardworking player, Uh, young man, you you definitely risk having him, you know, have a shift in mentality towards possibly saying, I don't want to be here. Get me the fuck out of here. You know, it's just not feasible to think that you can do that with some of these guys especially as a small market team so hopefully they get a deal done and for Jared Allen on the other hand you know who they really have to get an extension done for the team has shown interest in getting him resigned and really I guess the only true threat to the Cavs right now in that regard is the Raptors. I don't see the Raptors you know outbidding Cleveland for Jared but anything is possible. I, I'm I'm very hopeful that something gets done in these next few days. You know, free agency I believe starts at six, you know, tonight. So I think that that could have a lot to do with it. Same with Colin. But I think these deals get done. The the other types of deals that the Cavs have to figure out, you know, and we just saw this: the Cavs decline to uh, offer Isaiah Hartenstein a qualifying offer, so that makes him an unrestricted free agent. You know, for for, for Hartenstein, it it, kind of sucks, but at the same time, it could be a blessing in disguise because with the drafting of Mobley, you know, and just so many other bigs on the roster, it it was going to be hard for Hartenstein to fit in there in the long term plans. You know, for a guy who averaged 8.3 points, uh, six rebounds, 1.2 blocks, and only, you know, 17.9 minutes per game in 16 appearances. That, that, those are pretty good numbers, and I, I thought he was uh, pretty impactful, and he looked like a pretty good playmaking big, so I think his future is bright. I think that uh, he just didn't fit the general roster makeup that Cleveland has when you talk about Mobley, Allen, Nance, Wade, Stevens, You know, there's there's a lot of guys, uh, Fiondu, Cabin Jelly, you know, whatever this team decides to do, you know, with the vast amount of bigs, if they consolidate a few, you still see a love trade or, you know, hopefully not a Larry Nance trade. But that's, you know, that's still even on the books, too. You just don't know what's going to happen. But what you can say is that Hardenstein is just probably not going to return to the Cavs. It's possible, but it's not probable. I don't see it happening. Uh, I just, I don't know. I feel for him. I do wish the big man the best, though. And I think he'll get picked up from somebody. He's got so much potential, and he's still so young. I just don't see it going any other way than him getting a chance somewhere and getting paid more than he probably would have with the Cavs. Now you know. Hopefully, heading into summer league play with this team, we'll get to see you know a good amounts of you know what Mobley and company can do. We'll probably see Isaac, you know, a few other guys in there. I don't exactly have the uh, Cavs summer league roster in front of me, and I think that'll be released today if it haven't hasn't already been released by the time this comes out. But I'm very very excited to watch. Those two in particular, I think Isaac Okoro, you guys know how I feel about him. I think he'll end up as a finalist for the Most Improved Player Award. You know, Darius Garland could be up there too, but I just, I'm so high on him. I think that he has so much potential. I think that Mobley will come in immediately and be highly impactful. That's the one spot that the Cavaliers are really, really, really hurting uh, outside of backup point guard. Have uh mind you that four spot is just the where the Cavs were just being haunted? You know, we've seen a bevy of guys line up there last season. We saw Wade get his turn, we saw Larry come in and, and play pretty well. We saw Kev, you know, K Love really, really kind of stink it up for a while until closing it out on a good note against Boston. We, we've just seen a lot of different combinations there that JB kind of just had to roll out because we didn't really have a true four out there. And I think Mobley, while his long-term outlook could be center, I think right now he's obviously, especially with his size, is way, and, and weight, is way, way more predisp- predisposition to playing the four. I think that he can develop into something special. He may not be the Cavs' best player from the onset right now, but I definitely think he has immense potential. You know, you guys might have been scoffing when I said that, but I still think Colin Sexton has the uh, the upper hand right now. But his, the size limitation that Colin and Darius face has a lot to do with their potential. Mobley on the other hand has shown the ability to do so much. He can, you know, once he can step out and hit it as a consistent three-pointer, once he puts a little bit more weight on, he'll be, you know, I don't want to say he'll be unstoppable, but, man, he'll he'll be very, very hard to stop. A combination of him and Allen a la Frobley or Mobley or Moblin, whatever have you, you know, it is... Something that the Cavs haven't seen in a long time. A true big man. We haven't had one really since Big Z's. And for him, you know, that was a long time ago. So for Cavs fans, truly, truly, you should be excited. This team has a bright future. I don't know how you could be skeptical of them. I don't know how you could be critical of Kobe Alvin at this point. He's done what he can. I know there's been some hiccups along the way, but just stay the course and you will start to see the results this year because I guarantee you, the same people who are clowning and and really talking down upon Colin Sexton – are going to be the same ones cheering him on when he's in the all-star game for Cleveland next season repping the team. They will be there. They are going to be doing the same thing that me and others are, and that is congratulating Sexton for proving his haters wrong. I don't get it. I think the, the, the overwhelmingly feeling for a lot of Cavs fans is that this guy is just being underrated right now. It happens with a lot of scores that start off that way on bad teams. They don't truly get the respect they deserve until their team starts winning games. And I think this upcoming season is the time and place for that to happen. I think the Cavs end up finishing in the playoffs, whether that be playing or finishing a top six seed. I think it's possible. I think the addition of Mobley turned this team... It, minimum, into a play-in-worthy squad. I think the addition of Ricky Rubio pushed it just that much further into playoff contingent. If this team, again, can get a wing, I think that they will be there, and I think they will have a big, big jump this upcoming season, and a lot of you fans will see it. And For the people who have been respectful, for the people who have been patient, for the people who believe in Colin would ask for nothing more and for that you know to to, to be the case rebuild was almost over these things take time but once you understand that the that the rebuilds actually take time and you have to get the roster in place and you have to get the talent and you have to develop the talent and you have to get the right coaches and you have to sign the right vets those are the steps that you take to become a successful franchise that's how you thrive I think Kobe Altman is on the cusp of pulling this team out of the lottery. And if you can just stay a little bit more, you know, stay patient for one more season, I think the Cavs will start to show you something special. And I'll leave it at that. Thanks.